Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not the same as personalized therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or to submit a poem for me to read on the podcast, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, to build our community, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, Cojourners. I'm glad you're here for another episode, and I'm grateful we have a poem from Daniel C. in Los Angeles. And Daniel writes, Boy, come back to you. Thrive in clarity, truths, rest. Go play, boy. Be free. Yes, Daniel, thank you so much for sharing your poem. And it is aligned with what I want to talk about today, which is the power of play, the power of play, the healing power of play. And I don't just mean play for children. There are many articles about why play is important for the development of children, whether they are young children, early childhood, middle childhood, even adolescence. But I want to talk about continuing to have playfulness in your adult life. And there are many benefits to play, to enjoyment, to pleasure. And I know for some of you, even hearing those words, play, enjoyment, fun, pleasure, For some of you, even hearing that can be uncomfortable. There is this idea that you have to constantly grind, constantly struggle, constantly press, constantly pursue. And you can look up and you have spent a lifetime chasing, chasing titles, chasing degrees, chasing status, chasing respect. And we can get to a place in our lives when it is never enough, that no matter how much you achieve or how much you attain, uh, you can still feel empty on the inside. And it is so important for us to get to a place where we are healed enough to enjoy our lives, where we are healed enough that we can have fun and be playful. And I want to share with you that there are many benefits to being able to play. When we look at the reality that many of us spend our lives working, stressing, straining, hiding, we know that that really is a life of stress. And so playfulness with yourself or with your friends, your family, your partner, it helps to relieve stress. And so it actually releases endorphins, which are the body's natural feel-good chemicals. And endorphins promote an overall sense of well-being. And the release of endorphins can also temporarily relieve pain for those of you who live with the realities of chronic pain. And so if you have been stressed out, sometimes we wait for all of our problems to be solved 
before we believe we are worthy of play, of enjoyment, of pleasure. But I want to name for you that when you carve out time, protect time for your playfulness, it can help to decrease your stress. It can help to give you perspective to know that your troubles are not the only things in your life, that in the meantime, there can be some joy. It doesn't have to be once I am wealthy, once I have this title or status, once I am chosen, once I have like these 10 things, then I can have joy. And so we have put our joy, which is really ourselves, on the back burner. And we say in this season of my life, I want to have some joy. I want to be able to invite goodness in my life, to invite laughter and smiles in my life that I don't just have to wait for someone else to be my joy bringer, that I can be intentional about bringing joy in my life, which will relieve that stress, that stress in your body, the stress in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, in your relationships. If you invite some playfulness, <laughs> if you invite some laughter, if you invite your humor back, with that, you will have some relief. Interestingly, uh, play also improves the functioning of your brain. So when you are playing games or engaged in activities that are a challenge, they might be a challenge that you have to utilize your memory or you have to utilize different critical thinking skills or you have to think outside of the box. It can help you to think in new ways and to keep yourself sharp instead of always doing the mundane. And some of us, especially trauma survivors, only want to do things that we're good at, right? Like if you can't be excellent or if you can't be the best, you don't even want to do it because you set up in your mind that it will be embarrassing or humiliating. It's like you have to be number one or not at all. And so to get my playfulness back is I could come in last place and still have a good time, <laughs> that I can not excel at something and still enjoy myself, right? So I could sing even if I'm not the best singer. I can get out on the dance floor even if I'm not the best dancer. I could play a card game and come in last and still really have the time of my life. And so we want to think about being able to not only tolerate, but enjoy yourself, even when it's not about competition or excelling. And so along the, the lines of that, playfulness also helps your relationships. It enhances your relationships with friends, with family, with your partner, that when we can play together, when you can enjoy yourself in the presence of others, it can create more intimacy, a greater sense of connection, a greater sense of sharing, because it is not just about, quote unquote, doing life together, facing our problems, facing the mountains, facing the challenges. And some of us only define our friends by people who are with us in the storms of life. And while that is important, are you able to also enjoy people when it's not about 
solving problems, when it's not about a project or an initiative or being a power couple or what we're going to achieve or attain or accomplish together, can you just sit and enjoy each other's company? Even if that means riding in the car in silence or playing music or singing together, being playful even in your intimacy, right? So in terms of physical or sexual intimacy, that the playfulness in that area of your life can create a deeper sense of connection, that you are open, that you are willing to be present, to be vulnerable, to not take yourself too seriously, and to be able to engage in the moment with some lightness. And I know for many of us who feel things deeply, there can be a tendency toward the heaviness of life, right? So you feel uh, other people's pain deeply, right? You feel the hardship of the world. You're in touch with all of the crises that are happening around us. You know, you may be an advocate or an activist or just the voice who is always willing to speak up for what is true. And that is beautiful about you. And while we are working to change the world for the better, can you also give yourself permission for lighter moments? Can you give yourself permission to smile more? Even in the midst of all of the things that we want to fix and improve about the world around us, about the systems in which we engage, it is unsustainable for your spirit if you are perpetually stuck in work mode and never have room for the softness, for the gentleness, to invite breath into your bones, yes? And so you will see an improvement in your relationships when you are more well-rounded, when you are holistic, where, you know, I can talk about the deep issues with people and I can also, you know, say, let's go swimming, let's go to the movies, let's go for a walk, let's enjoy this present moment to be able to laugh together, right, in the midst of it all. Engaging in play also boosts creativity. So even for those of you who are supervisors, you want to think about that in the work setting that when we just have people task oriented, then we're not thinking outside of the box and we can create a workplace that does not invite innovation, right? Because it's like, this is the way we do it. This is the way it's always been done. There's no room for imagination, creativity, innovation. And so we like the predictability. We like the reliability of doing what has always been done. And yet, when we look at you know, what is happening in these times across industries, whatever your industry is. And that, of course, includes if your industry is the arts, right? That you want to have a new vision, you want to show up in new ways. And so being playful will enlarge your thinking. It will expand your thinking. It will create space for you. And if you have a team or within your family life, for you all to come up with new solutions, new possibilities, new ways of being, right? So when I'm playful as a cook, I can come up with a new recipe. 
if I'm a songwriter or a poet, that I can play with words in new ways. If I'm a dancer and choreographer, I can create a new approach to movement. And even those who are in the corporate space, I've done workshops for women who work in corporations about enhancing their creativity. And so to think about if I was more open to what is possible, if I was more open to playing with the ways in which we do things, what might be possible instead of being rigid or stuck or shut down or closed off? You see, when we're closed off, then when people come in with new ideas, we take it as a threat right? They're threatening our system. They're threatening our way of being, that they're putting everything at risk. And I invite you to shift and join the party, right? That when people come in who are new, who are not locked into that way of thinking and are approaching it from a new way, instead of thinking it is your job to shut them down, to actually listen, like, let's play, Let's play (laughs) and see, you know, it doesn't mean we're going to throw everything out, but is there a way that we can play and blend the old way with new possibilities? Is there a way that we can create something different? Is there a way that we can create an environment and a space where people feel welcome to participate, to innovate, to engage and not just feel like they have to be machines in the space that are working out what they were told to do, even if it doesn't feel like it makes sense. Yes. So our creativity can help us in a number of ways. And then being playful also energizes you. So many of us are uh, drained, burned out, fatigued, and the things that drain drain us are often the burdens and routine and responsibilities, the everyday life, when it is mundane, when it is repetitive, when it becomes hard for you to think about, ah, like I have to do this again. It's so boring. It doesn't speak to me. It's not fulfilling. I'm just going through the motions, whether that is work or relationship or even around your artistry. If you're just, you know, cranking things out, right? Because you just need to do it, but there is no joy in it, then it will be difficult for you to sustain it and to be energized by it. And so whatever the tasks are that you have to do to think about not only playfulness before you engage or playfulness as a reward after you do it, But is there a way to even be playful, perhaps, in the task, right? Is there a way that either you can engage your mind or you can even uh, shift the task and remake it in some ways that will be energizing for you, that will be fulfilling for you? When we play, it helps us to communicate more when we're being playful with others when we play, it also can help us to cooperate more with others. And playfulness can also heal our emotional wounds. And so when you have experienced a lot of difficulty or stress in your life, you may be in survival mode. 
And so when we're in survival mode, there can be a lot of fear there, a lot of anxiety, right? That if I go off task or I go off the charts or off the books, that terrible things will happen, disaster will happen. And, you know, some of you have not had people you can lean on. So there is this idea of, you know, I can't afford to be playful, right? This idea that other people who have family, friends, or partner who they can rely on, you know, they can do quote unquote silly stuff, right? But I can't afford to be silly. I'm in survival mode. And I want to first grieve with you that that has been what life has felt like. And I wanna name that in certain seasons, it wasn't just a feeling, but also a reality uh, that you had to perpetually show up like that. And I invite you to consider, am I willing to give myself sacred pause? Am I willing to give myself a break? Am I willing to recreate my approach to living so that I am not perpetually stuck in survival mode? where I believe, even if I have not had it handed to me, I believe that I am deserving of ease, that I am deserving of joy, that I am worthy of breathing room, not just labor, right? I am not just here to survive. I am not just here uh, to pay bills. I am not just here to take care of everybody else's needs, but I am a living soul, right? That this body, this heart, this mind, this spirit is worthy of some enjoyment. And I don't have to wait for someone to give it to me or give me permission for it. I can embrace it. I can activate it even now. And so we think about being more playful as an act of healing, right? That when I am in survival mode and when I am in stress mode, I'm, I'm very hardened, right? I have a lot of walls up because I feel the urgency of everything being on my shoulders, right? And then I can live my life in such a way that perpetuates that, that keeps everything on my shoulders and I keep adding more balls. So I'm juggling, right? All of these roles, responsibilities, activities, uh, and, and people. And it is a perpetual strain and struggle. And I wonder if you can put some balls down so that you can pick yourself up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you willing to lay down, to lie down? <laughs> so that you can nourish yourself, so that you can know that you are more than an instrument. You are more than a vessel for others, that you, you yourself are deserving of fun, right? Of pleasure, of enjoyment, of refreshing. And so what are the things that refresh you, including playing with your children or connecting with your inner child and enjoying 
that playtime, right? And so enjoying that time without giving yourself a guilt trip, right? I teach at Pepperdine University and you know some of the graduate students will talk about feeling guilty if they watch a movie or feeling guilty because they went to sleep early or feeling guilty because they went out with friends. And uh, you know, the longer you are living, the longer you know there will always be something you could be doing, right? Something you need to read, something you need to write, something you need to study, something you need to clean, something you, you know, there's always a, a never ending to-do list. And I invite you in this season to not only think about engaging in play, in joy, in pleasure, um, but also resisting, rejecting, challenging any feelings of guilt that are associated with that. So the truth is, there is a playful side to you. That's the reality. I know a lot of people might think you're super serious and they see you as, you know, super reserved and super focused. But I want to say in my knowledge of people that the most serious people, the most accomplished people, the most focused people, given the right space, timing, place, really can be very childlike in such a good way right? Uh, that there is a playfulness there where we can release our self-consciousness, where we release embarrassment, where we release all the labels of how we're supposed to be and how you should be. And, you know, I saw a video in social media this week where a woman was teaching these girls how you know, about etiquette. And I think, of course, etiquette is a very beautiful thing, important skill to learn. And yet the way it was being taught, you know, was like these girls had to sit uh, with such restriction, right? And to walk in, in such like a rigid and tight way and to hold their bodies. Like it was a labor, right? They had to practice just walk into a room and have a seat and they're like stressed out, about just getting it right. And yes, I get it. You know, when we have, you know, our young people show up for job interviews or in classrooms, we want them to quote unquote, know how to act. And at the same time, I hope that we are not teaching uh, that our roles in life is to be successful, is to be confined, to be re uh, successful is to be restricted to be successful is to cut your heart off, right? And to be a stone, right? To be a wall. I hope that we will teach to our young people and to ourselves that to thrive is also to be free, right? To thrive is to get that to that place where I am liberated, right? Not consumed by the opinions or, uh, of others or trying to prove myself uh, to other people that I'm worthy of the aspects of me, the parts of me that don't have it all together, right? So healing is not just about, oh, I'm excellent in everything I do. It's like, I'm, I'm tender with myself. 
I can laugh at myself. I can enjoy myself. I can say, oh, like Tama, you really, <laughs> you really were doing the most right there, right? When you can do that, it gives you more life, right? It brings you to life. And so I invite you this week as a homework to look for opportunities to play. So you might want to have a game night with family or friends. You can do it in person or you can do it virtually online. You can uh, engage in your creativity this week. And so uh, being, and not in this like uh, stiff or rigid way, right? But that I wanna be playful in my artistry, in my writing, in my music, in my dance, in my painting, yes, I want to. I want to play with that. I would also say uh, scheduling a time of, you know, having an outing with an activity that is, you know, something fun, right? So I mentioned karaoke or going bowling or skating or going swimming, going to the beach, right? Like this is the season, like any season, right? Every season is the time for that. Uh, to also think about. Uh, scheduling a time to just sit out in nature. I was going to say to go for a walk, but I know for some of you, then like the walk becomes a competition, right? We have these smart watches that tell you how many steps and how many miles, and then you're out walking in nature, not even enjoying it because it's like, what was my count or how many miles did I walk? So not as a labor, right? But as leisure to reconnect uh, with nature in that way. It also, of course, helps if you're around people who know how to play, right? If I'm around uh, workaholics, it's hard to play. It's hard to give myself permission to play. If I'm around people who have to be super serious all the time to prove that they are invested in the various issues of the day, right? You know, that in order to prove that I care about the environment or that I care about racism or that I care about women's rights, you know, then I have to always be mad, right? Then that's not gonna really create an, an atmosphere, an opportunity for me to play, right? I am passionate and serious about working on those issues. And I am also passionate and committed to bringing joy in my life and the life of those who are around me. And then finally, I would say just getting in the presence of free and playful children. They will bring it out of you. So, you know, you know, if playing is difficult for you or you can't think of how to do it, you don't know how to let loose, to be playful with the children who are in your life can invite you to release your obligations and your schedule and your agenda and your thoughts about who you have to be, all the shoulds, and to allow yourself to unfold and to breathe and to play. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home. Mm -hmm.